You're listening to Brains On, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. Hey, Frog. Hoof over. I want to chomp that grass next to you. Hi, dear. Sure thing. Thanks for asking first and not stepping on me again. You're welcome. Caw, caw! Oh, excuse me. I had a worm in the throat. What's up, my Annie pals? Hey, Crow. Hey, Crow. Hiya. Oh, just being fabulous and shiny and black. Thanks for asking. We didn't ask anything. Speaking of me, I just came from a flight. And guess what I saw? A group of human persons camping in our woods. Did you see them? How could you miss them? Ugh, humans are so noisy. I like how they sound. What? Their cawing is atrocious. They'll never attract a mate with those busted pipes. Oh, I know. It's like, are you even trying to rib it? I think their sounds are beautiful. It's like a babbling brook, the wind through the leaves. Shh. If the wind sounded like, Hi, I'm Todd and I have toes. <laughs> no, it's more like ranch dressing. I like ranch dressing. No, no, no. Humans sound like this. My phone, my phone. Has anyone seen my phone? <laughs> oh, y'all are way off. Oh, you think you can do better? Sure can. <clears throat> Would you like a spot of tea? I happen to have some on the stove. <laughs> are you serious? That was terrible. Like, what even was that? Whatever. I think I sound like them. You're listening to Brains On from American Public Media. I'm Molly Bloom, and my co-hosts today are Isidro and Itzel from Portland, Oregon. Hi. Hi. Today's episode was inspired by this question. My name is Barnabas. And I'm Hollis. And we're from Boise, Idaho. Our question is, what sounds do giraffes make? This is a great question. So Isidro, Itzel, what sound would you guess giraffes make? Let's start with you, Isidro. I would say something like, kind of like a horse, but a little bit like high-pitched. So like, <laughs> and Itzel, what do you think a giraffe would sound like? Um, I think it sounds like a sort of snort. <laughs> oh, yeah, snorting. So, like, um... <laughs> I like your giraffe impressions very much. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a really tricky question because this is not an animal sound that we sing in, like, Old MacDonald or one that we learn to do impressions of when we're small. Like, your parents are like, what does yeah. the dog say? Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know that. So... What is your favorite animal sound to do an impression of? I think I would say a cat. Can I hear your cat impression? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was really good. Itzel, what's yours? Well, I think my favorite animal impression to make could probably be a horse because I'm not too good at it, but it's still really <laughs> fun. Can I hear it? No, <laughs> Yeah, it's a work in progress. I like it. (laughs) I'll check back with you in a year and see how it's progressed. My favorite is a prairie dog. You know, they stand on their hind legs and they go like, yep, yep, yep. 
It's yeah. really, oh, really man. adorable. I love them. But anyway, let's go back to that giraffe sound. The sound a giraffe makes was actually a mystery until very recently. A group of scientists from the Mammal Communication Lab at the University of Vienna, Austria, set out to see if giraffes made a sound. Up until then, humans had observed giraffes making snorting sounds. So Itzel, you're right, they mm -hmm. do make snorting sounds. But they had never observed them making any sound with their vocal cords. So do you know what vocal cords are, Isidro, Itzel? Yeah. Yeah, the, the um, things that like flap to make different pitches. Right, exactly. So yeah, they're the folds of muscle tissue that are in our airways, and they vibrate together to make sounds. So we have them. Lots of other mammals and reptiles and amphibians have them too. And the giraffe has them, but people thought that they didn't really use them. That is until these researchers recorded giraffes at three different zoos for over 900 hours. They analyzed all those hours of recordings and found that giraffes did use their vocal cords and when they did, it sounded like this. Whoa. <laughs> that is kind of <laughs> an unexpected sound. It yeah. sounds like an alien. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. it sounds like the bad guy from a movie, like oh. <laughs> I don't <Yeah>. know. <laughs> Totally. So if you, if you heard that sound, what would be your thought about why or when the giraffe was making that sound? If I heard that sound out of nowhere, I wouldn't think, oh, that's a giraffe. Um, my instinct would be to run, I bet. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I cannot see a giraffe making that sound. I think what a giraffe would be doing while making that sound is probably... I don't know, like getting ready to whack other drafts with its head. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like, <laughs> So it turns out that giraffes make this humming sound only at night. So that's why humans hadn't heard it before. So the researchers are not exactly sure why, but one idea is that giraffes have really good vision, so they don't need to make sounds to see where the other members of their herd are during the day. But at night... These humming sounds may be useful to let other members of the herd know that they're still there. But again, that's just an idea, and we need more research to fully understand why they hum at night. So we thought the best way to celebrate the solving of this animal sound mystery is to do a whole episode of animal mystery sounds. Isidro, Itzel, are your ears ready to identify some animal mystery sounds? Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. yes, definitely. <laughs> yes. Wonderful. Okay, we're going to do a speed round of some easier animal sounds as a warm-up. Your ears ready? They're on? Did you hear some sounds? Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. on. Yeah, they're on. All right, here is the first mystery sound. Okay, what is your guess? I think it's it's definitely some sort of farm animal, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. But it might it might be a cow. But it sort of sounds electric. Hmm, interesting. Isidro? Yeah, I'm going along the cow lines. I'm gonna say a cow and maybe the calf. Um, because I heard some higher squeaking noises. You are correct with your first guess. It is a cow. All right, you ready for the next one? Yeah. All right, here it is. <laughs> 
Guesses. Isel, what do you think? The dog that someone owns. Maybe mm-hmm. a little dog, like a corgi, something like that. Interesting. Okay. Isidro? I'm not really sure what type of dog, but I definitely know it's a house dog. You are correct. It is a dog barking. And I don't know what breed of dog it is. So yeah. I like that you guys tried to get specific, but we definitely know it is a dog. All right. Here is the next one. <laughs> What do you think, Isidro? Uh, I gotta say, that's a horse. Itzel? I'm 100% sure that is a, definitely a horse. Well, you are correct again. Very good ears. Mm-hmm. Okay, last animal mystery sound in our speed round. Here it is. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Rooster. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say that's a rooster. Um, there- the rooster from the movies in the in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Every farm movie you could think of. <laughs> you got it. You're right. It is in lots of movies. That is a sound that is very familiar to many of us. All right. You did really well. You got them all right. But now we're going to play some more under-the-radar animal sounds that are a little bit trickier. Let's start with this one. <laughs> All right. Okay, so I actually think I know what this is. I think it's an armadillo eating because I listened to a Smash Boom Vest and it's about armadillos mm. and porcupines, and I heard that noise. So I think it might mm. actually be an armadillo or a pig. <laughs> or a pig, one of the two. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking some kind of monkey, Some maybe some rodent. Okay, we're going to hear it again. So think about it one more time. Okay, any new thoughts that are different from when you heard it last time? I I guess, I mean, I already said a pig, but maybe like a little baby pig drinking milk. Uh, maybe a goat. Some milks involved. Okay, but you're you're pretty consistent that it's eating something. Yeah. Also, I think it might still be an armadillo. It could be a porcupine, though. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Isidro, what do you think? I think I'm going to stick with my other guess, uh, something like a monkey, but I could see, yeah, like a rodent, like a mouse or like a porcupine or hedgehog. Very good guesses. Here is the answer. That was the sound of a porcupine. (laughs) (laughs) Nice work. Really good memory, Itzel. That was a sound that we did play in porcupines versus armadillos. Very impressive. We may have listened to a lot of Smash Room Vest (laughs) in the car ride. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. It prepared you well for today. It did. So that was Teddy Bear, the North American porcupine, eating a pumpkin. So you got that right, too. It was eating. And that was recorded by Allison Blankenship of Zooniversity. And in my opinion, that is one of the cutest animal noises. Definitely. Yeah. Jessie Coltrane revealed the answer. She's a wildlife biologist from the Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks, and she studies porcupines. 
So porcupines are really vocal. A lot of people don't realize this, but um, they make a lot, a wide variety of vocalizations. Typically when you hear porcupines vocalizing, it's usually because they're angry. And so whether they're having an interaction with another porcupine or they're frightened or disturbed by something, um, and their angry porcupine noises are kind of like meow, meow, and they get really aggressive with it. I am notorious for making porcupine angry porcupine sounds at my husband, you know, if he's if he's annoying me in any way, he usually gets that and so it's a really good noise that you could make, you know, to your parents or something when you don't want to do something or just want to be left alone. Just get away. <laughs> but I've heard many happy porcupine noises too. And that usually happens when they're eating and they kind of mumble and hum to themselves like, like they're talking to themselves. They really enjoy it. <laughs> so, I mean, if you're having a great dinner or your favorite ice cream, like there is absolutely no reason why you can't make happy porcupine noises while you're eating, you know, because you could do that with your mouth closed. So it's completely appropriate. <laughs> so that <laughs> the sound you heard was actually a combination of both the angry and the happy sounds because the porcupine was making happy sounds because they were eating. But then Teddy Bear was also not happy because someone was nearby him while mm -hmm. he was eating. So he was angry and happy at the same time. <laughs> do you guys uh, want to do a little porcupine impression for us? Okay. All right. Ready? <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> Here is the next sound. I think I sort of heard some birds. Um, mm. At first I thought it might be just the animal squealing, but then at the end it sort of switched to a different sound. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to go with some baby birds, like in their nests. So it could be two of my guesses. Um, I'm going to say either going with Ethel's idea of birds, or I think it could be a rodent again. Hmm, okay, rodent or birds. Let's hear it one more time and see if anything else pops in your head. <laughs> Any new thoughts? So I think maybe like at the start, there might even be a predator nearby trying to mm. eat the baby birds. Isidro, what do you think? I'm thinking it could be a hamster um, that someone was like closing the cage of the hamster and the hamster wasn't too um, happy about that. And <laughs> I heard some like rustling and then the um, <laughs> the hamster got quieter. So I'm thinking... Maybe there's a blanket on the hamster or something. <laughs> I think I think actually it also could be a bunny. I like I like your guesses. They're very detailed. Okay. The answer is that's a cheetah. What? How is that a cheetah? <laughs> yeah, cheetahs actually can't roar like other big cats. And that is the sound that they can make. They make a cute oh, little yeah, chirping yeah. sound. <laughs> 
I had no idea a cheetah could make that sound. All right, here is the next sound. I think I heard a lion, but it was like really low growling. And I think I heard like some water also. Maybe it was raining, but I think it was in a zoo. I heard some birds in the background. Could be a big cat sort of walking around near the birds. I'm picturing like a swamp kind of scene. So like Mm. there's a crocodile or something and maybe a hippo. It could also just be like, like that puddle of water where all the animals go to drink. Okay, so we both agree there's water involved. Let's hear it again and see if anything else sticks out to you. Any new things you heard? I think now actually that I hear it again, it seems too low for a lion and starts Mm. out too weird. So I think maybe, I mean, it could be a hippo or like a Mm. rhinoceros. What do you think, Isidro? I'm going to stick with my same guess from earlier, something swampy. All right. Well, here is the answer. The sound you just heard was a pod of vocalizing humpback whales in southeast Alaska. So... You guys were right there with water. Yeah, I could definitely see that being a humpback whale. Here's a little more about that sound. My name is Michelle Fournay. I am a marine biologist that studies what whales talk about. Whales produce basically three different types of sounds. They produce songs, which are produced only by mature male whales. So no female whales, no young whales, no old whales, just mature males. They produce percussive sounds, which is the sound of a whale jumping out of the water and belly flopping back down or slapping its pectoral fin against the against the surface of the ocean. And then they also make calls, which is what we were just listening to, which are all of the other vocalizations that whales make. That was a group of whales, a pod of whales. So there were lots of individuals calling at the same time. But there is one sound in that recording that sounds a little bit like a soprano singing opera. She goes, That sound is a feeding call, and it is very, very closely coupled with hearing in Pacific herring, which is a small fish. And so when humpback whales are using that sound, they're actually using it to move the fish around. So they'll herd fish by producing that sound, which scares the fish a little bit. The fish will gather up in a really tight ball, and the whales will go underneath and sing that sound to them, pushing them towards the surface of the water, which makes it a little bit easier for them to capture and eat their meal. So that sound is very specifically used when humpback whales in Southeast Alaska are feeding on herring. The other sounds that we heard, we don't actually know what they're for yet. We're still working on figuring that part out. 
Michelle spends her days listening to whales, but we wanted to see if she could identify another aquatic mystery sound sent in by one of our listeners. So here's the sound that we played for Michelle to guess. So I think what I hear is a fish tank, maybe either a fish that's swimming around or a shrimp or a crab that's moving rocks, but it definitely sounds like something underwater. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with a fish tank. Okay. So Michelle thought it was a fish tank. Isidro, Itzel, do you have any other guesses? I think it's like krill or something. I've heard of like cleaning shrimp. They like clean like other fishes and they get helped out. By because they eat the stuff that is on the fish and the fish gets clean. So I'm thinking maybe it's that process. Very cool. I, my idea was sort of a crab. Maybe like it, it was on the sand, but then it was crawling slowly into the water and sort of digging. All right. Very good guesses. We are going to be back with the answer right after this. We're working on an episode about trash and what happens to it, and we want to hear from you. We'd love to hear the creative ways you reuse stuff instead of throwing it away. So Isidro Itzel, do you have any potential trash that you end up reusing instead? I've been planning on making this bottle cap tree, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. It would be like each bottle cap would just be a certain like line and it'd be like as if you're drawing with bottle caps. Mm, cool. A while back, I made an umbrella out of a plastic container and a toilet paper roll. It's a mini umbrella, you know, just like <laughs> couldn't really cover your head. Maybe you can give that to your friend the porcupine. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, listeners, we want to hear from you. Whatever you're reusing, we want to hear about it. Send it to us at brainson.org slash contact. And while you're there, you can send us mystery sounds, drawings, and questions. Like this one. Hi, my name is Uma from Chicago, Illinois. My question is, why do daddy long legs have super long legs? We'll be back with an answer to that during our moment of um, and we'll read the most recent list of names to be added to the Brains Honor Roll all at the end of the show. So keep listening. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org slash academy. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org academy. 
You're listening to Brains On from American Public Media. I'm Isidro. And I'm Itzel. And here is that mystery sound again. Okay, so our whale scientist friend, Michelle, thought that it was a fish tank. You guys thought also it was something near the surface, maybe something eating as well. Do you have any new thoughts? No, I'm, I'm going to stick with my idea. I think okay. that's as close as I'm going to get. I, I feel like the crab is running away from something, sort of like hopping around really quickly. But I still I still think it's a crab. I think that crab idea is pretty good. I'm going to keep with that krill shrimp idea. I don't know. All right. Well, here's the answer. My name is Asa from Sacramento, California. The sound you just heard was carp eating from the surface of a pond. I go there to my grandma's and we feed them fish food when I visit her. think it sounds like water boiling. Hope you like it. Okay. Yeah, yeah so it was near the surface. There were mm-hmm. bubbles. There they were, were eating. Are carp yep. a type of fish? Carp are a type of fish. Okay. Yeah. Okay, here's our next sound. What are your guesses? I, I, I absolutely have no idea what that sound is. I, some sort of animal. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yes, it is an animal. Yeah. <laughs> if this wasn't an animal-themed um, mystery sound extravaganza, I would say that's some kind of radar. But, yeah, I just have no idea what animal could make that sound. Yeah, I feel it's like. It's a stumper. Maybe it's a teeny animal, but then again, it could <laughs> also be a giant animal. I'm, maybe a bird. Yeah, I guess it could be, a, I guess it could be a bird. Okay. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it again. Yeah, I'm thinking a bird. Uh, Now I actually don't think a bird. (laughs) It it sounds, I I think I'm going with my first guess. I don't know. (laughs) I'm thinking a bird that lives close to water. Um, yeah, it just sounds like it has one of those big beaks that, like, is a big lump. Oh, like a pelican. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah, pelican or seagull or something. Okay, I like it. Here is the answer. That was the sound of the striped sea robin. And that particular sound was of a very angry sea robin because I had just picked him up. Um, And so he was telling me that he wasn't very happy about being picked up. Okay, so even though it's called a striped sea robin, a striped sea robin is not a bird, it's a fish. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. I was like, hey, I, I, got it the, I got it right. I said a bird, but no, it's a, it's it's a, a fish. fish. Wow, I didn't know a fish could make that noise. Yeah. Right? Isn't that surprising? I would surprising? never guess a fish. I know. Yeah, so that fish lives in the Atlantic Ocean, and it has big fins that kind of look like wings almost, so that's why it's called a sea robin. So... I never thought fish could make sounds like that either, besides those eating sounds that we heard the carp make, until I talked to Rodney Roundtree. 
aka the fish listener. And I'm an ichthyologist, which means I study fish. And one of my specialties is uh, working with fish sounds. That is the sounds that fish make. So, yes, Rodney recorded that sound of the sea robin we just heard, and he's recorded hundreds of other fish, like a moaning salmon, a barking piranha, and a grunting catfish. Now, these fish don't have vocal cords like we do. They use something else to make their sounds. That's called a gas bladder or a swim bladder. It's used for lots of purposes, but one purpose is that for some fish is it helps them make sounds. It's kind of like a drum. So right now, scientists know of about a thousand different kinds of fish that make sounds, but there's probably way more than that. So why do we think of fish as being quiet? What happens is in underwater sounds is the surface of the water acts like a mirror and it reflects the sound. So oftentimes the fish might be very noisy underwater. You don't hear them because you're above the water. So there's this whole world hidden from us because the water reflects the noise. So Rodney uses a hydrophone to record the sounds. It's a microphone made to record things underwater. But he says if you want to hear the noisy world under the water, you just need a tube of some kind, like a bucket with a hole in the bottom or even a rolled up piece of birch bark. You stick it in the water and listen at the top of the tube and you'll hear all the underwater sounds. So if you happen to be in the bottom of a boat, you'll also hear those noises. And this is very common uh, sailors that sail in boats. When they're down in the hole of the boat or sleeping, they hear the fish sounds through the walls. And this is why many legends happened in the old days where of monsters and stuff because they would hear all these sounds coming through. They didn't know what it was. And even recently, uh, when I discovered the sounds that Cuskill make, sailors from Block Island contacted me and said, oh, that's what I've been hearing all these years. We thought it was some monster. And it was a little fish that was making all that racket. Okay, an interesting case of mistaken sea monsters. What will the next animal mystery sound have in store? Well, Isidro and Itzel, you're going to find out right now. What are your thoughts? A bird. A bird, and I think... Um, the sound is vibrating off walls. Also, it's mm. extremely loud or extremely high pitched. It's not mm. too loud, but it's really high pitched. And I was mm-hmm. surprised. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna think they're those annoying birds that wake you up at five in the morning when you're camping. <laughs> I think it's one of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't appreciate that. Why can't they let us sleep a little bit longer? All right, let's hear it again and see if anything new pops out to you. I'm thinking it's in a, definitely not in like a zoo or a nature exhibit. Um, I think it's in a sort of a rainforest. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's definitely a bird because birds can make all kinds of crazy sounds. And so I think that's a bird. Small one. All right. You ready for the answer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the answer. 
The sound you just heard was a tarsier. Well, actually, there are two tarsiers there. It was a male and a female that were singing along together. So a tarsier is not a bird, but a tiny primate. Oh, it's like a little monkey. Like a monkey. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a tiny... (laughs) Yeah, so it's a tiny, very adorable primate. They are known for their enormous eyes. So kind of like if a lemur and a monkey had a small, wide-eyed toddler. How big are they? They're small. They're very small. So maybe that's why that sound is so high-pitched. Yeah. Well, here with more knowledge on tarsier sounds is Dr. Dina Klink. A tarsier is a non-human primate. So that means that um, they're actually quite closely related to us as humans. Um, And they are found in Southeast Asia. They are found in the Philippines, on the island of Borneo, and then also um, on the island of Sulawesi. And so Sulawesi is where I recorded the sound and where I did my data collection. And there's something really interesting about the tarsiers that are found on Sulawesi. Um, And that is that they sing. And so the tarsiers in the other parts of Southeast Asia, they do not sing. um, And they're also solitary. So they tend to live um, alone. Whereas the ones on Sulawesi, they live in these male-female pairs. They also tend to engage in these duets or these coordinated vocalizations between males and females. But sometimes they also have their offspring singing along. And in that case, we would call it a chorus. Wow. So singing little primates. I I can like. Imagine them like in a band together. (laughs) I would love that. Well, we asked Dina to see if she could identify a different mystery sound. So here's a listener mystery sound that we played for her. Uh, Well, considering the last sound I heard, I think it's also a monkey just because it sounds like the last sound repetitive. Yeah. Squealing, but a bit lower. Yeah, here's what Dina's guess was. <laughs> oh, it does sound like it could be many different things. Um, the thing it reminds me of is kind of some of the hornbills that we have in Southeast Asia. But <laughs> Okay, so just like you, she thought it was a bird the first time around. But you're thinking maybe a monkey this time. I would say if I just heard that first, I would say a bird. But since the last sound was a primate and you're asking Dina, then I'm going to say it might be a primate, but I'm still going to say it's a bird. Yeah, I think primate, bird. Apparently they sound similar. (laughs) They do. (laughs) They really do. Let's hear it one more time. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I have an idea. Duck. I mean, I I know that's a bird, but... (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, a specific. A, yeah. a duck because I heard water. Okay. We're still we're still a bird relative. Yeah, bird. Some kind of bird. Bird or or a monkey. <laughs> Just a monkey because apparently they sound alike. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well here is the answer. My name is Sophia from Reno, Nevada. The sound you just heard was our llama's alert call. Llamas make an alert call when they sense danger. Our family has had him for six years, but he's older than that because he was a rescue. His name is Rama Llama Ding Dong, but we just call him Rama. He makes other sounds too, but they are very quiet. A llama. A 
llama? Wait, a llama? <laughs> yeah. How oh, could that be a llama? No, it's so weird. I had no idea so many of these animals made such cute noises. Brains, brains, brains. All right, well, we have one final mystery sound. Here it is. actually sounded a lot like that um, mystery sound that I thought was a lion. Mm-hmm. So... And that I, ended up being a whale. Yeah. I'm going with a lion, but there was some kind of high pitch at the very end. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think it's going to be some larger animal. Okay. I'm going to play the sound for you again, but first I'm actually going to play you a hint that's also a sound. So here's the hint. Okay, now listen to the mystery sound with that in mind. I mean, I couldn't exactly imagine an elephant making that noise, but I think this is sort of an episode of crazy animal sounds. <laughs> so uh, I'm just going to go with an elephant because okay. I'm, I'm going to say it could either be a predator that could be a threat to elephants or an elephant snoring. You know, <laughs> I, I, like I think actually Cedro might be right. An elephant snoring would be also extremely cute. A cute little elephant snoring. All right, well, let's hear the answer. The sound that we just heard is uh, a rumble vocalization of the uh, African forest elephant. And we call them rumbles because that's how they sound and also feel. Because when you're close to an elephant that is producing a rumble, you can really feel the vibration in your body. Hi, I'm Daniela Hedwig. I'm a scientist who studies the vocal communication of forest elephants. A rumble vocalization is um, the characteristic type of vocalizations that uh, forest elephants and also their better known cousin, the savanna elephants, are using to coordinate social interactions within their social group and also between their social group. Wow. Okay. I, yeah. I still do not, I still cannot hear that as an elephant. I know. But well, a forest elephant. Yeah, elephant it, it, that's still an elephant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, elephants make a lot of different kinds of sounds. So not all of them are the ones that we're familiar with because they're like a little quieter and they use them, yeah. you know, a lot. It's pretty cool. So you made it through all of our animal mystery sounds which was the most surprising to you? 
porcupine. Even though I guessed <laughs> it, I still loved the porcupine. Well, I don't know if that was the most surprising, but it was would, the most cute. I would I say the cheetah. <laughs> It was definitely surprising. Mm. Oh, yeah. Surprising. Yeah, the cheetah was definitely surprising. I think also the the whale, I mean, I could I could see that as a whale, but still it's just really cool that they can make that noise. And, oh, wait, 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 wait. No, I know which one. The little fish. <laughs> the little oh, yeah. fish. That one was yeah. just. Uh, yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. Well, you did a really amazing job guessing all of these really tricky and under-the-radar mystery sounds. So good ears, you two. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Brains On. Brains On is produced by Mark Sanchez, Sandin Taunton, Manica Wilhelm, and Molly Bloom. We had production help from Christina Lopez and Ruby Guthrie, and our intern is Kunsong Dorji. We had engineering help from Veronica Rodriguez and Tristan Schmunk, and special thanks to Laurel Symes, the K. Lisa Yang Center for Conservation Bioacoustics, the National Park Service, Glacier Bay National Park, Matthew Wurzbicki, and the Toronto Zoo. Brains On is a nonprofit public radio program. You can help us keep making new episodes by heading to brainson.org fans. There you can donate, join our free fan club, or check out our merch. There are t-shirts, sweatshirts, face masks, and the fabulous Brains On book. That's brainson.org fans. Now before we go, it's time for our moment of... Um... 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 Why do daddy long legs have super long legs? That's also a question that I'm very interested on. And it's the first question I thought about when I first saw daddy long legs. My name is Guy and I am a graduate student at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And I study daddy long legs and their legs. So we think that daddy long legs have long legs for a couple of reasons. One of the main reasons is that it really gives them a, a leg up to, into moving better and faster in the forest because the legs are giant. So imagine each step, you go much further. Besides being so long, the tips of their legs are also able to coil around twigs and branches, just like the, a monkey's tail. And on top of that, the legs are also very important for them to sense the, the world. So. And the tips of their legs, they can taste and they can smell and they can sense temperature. So it's just like as if they had hundreds of small noses and tongues at the tips of those legs. One of their superpowers as well is that the legs, when a predator tries to bite one leg, they can voluntarily drop this leg and the leg will keep moving while the daddy long legs runs away safely. So the legs are also a, a very important for protection. Unfortunately for the daddy long legs, they are not able to regrow the legs that they lose. But don't worry, they can still live a happy life with the remaining legs. Um, um, um. We have a super long list of names to read today. It's the Brains Honor Roll. These are the incredible listeners who send us their questions, ideas, mystery sounds, drawings, and high fives. 
Molly from Falmouth, Maine, Zachary from the UK, David, Bronwyn, and James from Little Rock, Arkansas, Carly and Ryan from Redmond, Washington, Ben from Suzhou, China, Sophia from Cypress, Texas, Harvey from Courtney, British Columbia, Lillian from Colorado Springs, Kale from Wilderville, Oregon, Khalil from Decatur, Georgia, George from Knoxville, Tennessee, Marin from Brooklyn, New York, Hank from Alpharetta, Georgia, Zoe from Maryland, Jack and Poppy from Evergreen, Colorado, Astrid from Baltimore, Emerson from Indianapolis, Taryn from St. Paul, Minnesota, Krisha from Shoreview, Minnesota, Eliza from Williamsburg, Virginia, Sophia from Chicago, Vincent from Memphis, Tennessee, Alva from Glasgow, Scotland, Calvin from Portland, Oregon, Ethan from Walnut, California, Cassie from Lombard, Illinois, Savannah from Knoxville, Tennessee, Lucas from White Rock, New Mexico, Claire and Emily from Glen Ellen, Illinois, Renata from Brunswick, Maine, Daniel and Emma from New Zealand, Ryder from Alaska, Creston and Lucienne from Portsmouth, United Kingdom, William from Bluffdale, Utah, Walden from Grand Rapids, Michigan, Nora from Cumberland, Rhode Island, Gracie from Polsbo, Washington, Dexter from Galway, Ireland, Ellen and Lane from Albuquerque, New Mexico, Rachel from Carstairs, Alberta, Brennan from Gilbert, Arizona, Nick from Hillsboro, Oregon, Sophia from Long Island, New York, Veer from Jersey City, New Jersey, Anna from Orville, Ohio, Eli and Margot from Canada, Milo from Rohnert Park, California, Olivia from Hong Kong, Reagan and Georgia from Natick, Massachusetts, Hannah, Haley, Isaiah and Isabella from Port Angeles, Washington, Alistair from Encinitas, California, Alice from Ireland, Zoe from Greenville, South Carolina, Chaylan from Richland, Francesca, Victoria and Harrison from Boston, Emily from Spring, Texas, Oliver from Durham, North Carolina, Warashman from Los Angeles, Asher from Swampscott, Massachusetts, Rowan from Minneapolis, Elka from California, Marin from the Netherlands, Laura from Loden, Iowa, Isaiah from Zebulon, North Carolina, Ellie from San Mateo, California, Tom from Canberra, Australia, Davik and Ananya from Sunnyvale, California, Ella and Jenna from Glen Eden, New Zealand, Hamish from Adelaide, Australia, Kensei from Seattle, Bora from Paris, France, and Penny and Anais from Queens, New York. We'll be back soon with more answers to your questions. Thanks for listening.